women of Exodus. Welcome to another episode of Beauty from Ashes. I'm your girl, Kid. And I'm Fox. And today, all right, we have a very interesting episode. Um, This month, uh, the month of May, is Mental Health Awareness. And the topic of our, um, the topic we want to discuss today is the silent killer, aka stress. (laughs) So we uh, have a lot to talk about uh, underneath this topic today. So we want to jump right into it. But I want to share some interesting information, uh, Fox, if you don't mind, uh, that we looked up. So just something that I was just uh, taking a peek at, um, women women specifically in stress, right? Women are two times likely to suffer stress and anxiety more than men. Uh, Women are also more likely to report higher stress levels than men. Um, I thought it was interesting. I I read something too in the New York Times that they reviewed and they noted how um, domestic responsibilities and work stress along with emotional responsibilities. Uh, We're the last to care for ourselves as women. So, you know, lack of self-care are some of the main contributors uh, to these statistics. So Fox, I I need you to talk to me. Talk to me, what are your thoughts on stress? Um, Yeah, I mean, one, I, I definitely think that those statistics are accurate. And, you know, even myself, like personally, I know like, between just everyday life um, and then, you know, the different hats and roles and responsibilities that I wear and then considering, you know, my own spiritual development and considering, you know, my aspirations with my career and how I want to leave an impact. It's just a lot of contributing factors because, um, you know, there's such thing as good stress and bad stress. But, you know, in this particular instance, especially with regards to mental health, you know, thinking of the stress that negatively affects us, the bad right. stress, um, you know, I, I can believe that because even you know, being in a position where, you know, I was working full-time and still having to come home and do all the domestic responsibilities, it just, it, it definitely creates a lot of anxiety and it wears on you if you don't create those boundaries and, you know, space for yourself to unwind and have some type of self-care space. Um, so, you know, I can go on and on about it because my experience with stress has been, uh, quite, quite a bit. And, um, Let's talk about how we identify stress in ourselves. Like if you want to just, I'll, I'll share too, but if you want to share, like how do you identify stress sure, in yourself? Sure. I know I was, re- I, I was reading um, those statistics, you know, when we were uh, kind of re- doing some research on this, uh, this episode and I was really, it didn't surprise me at all that, you know, women, we, you know, how we suffer more you know, from stress. And that's not to detract from anything that men go through because I, you know, I believe that they have, uh, you know, just as much stress as, you know, as women. Sometimes I I also want to uh, just really point out as women, how we respond differently uh, to stress. So we're, you know, we're women, right? We're more emotional when it comes to things. You know, I, I know that we, we try to, you know, stray away from us being emotional creatures, but the reality is that's who we are. That's our makeup as women, you know. Um, our emotions tend to overpower us, and then we turn things into, you know, sometimes we turn little things into bigger, you know, things than, 
bigger than what they actually are, you know, just because that's our nature sometimes, but that emotion for us, how it turns into, you know, just a big thing and it turns into something that turns into physically, it physically starts to affect us and it exhausts us on a completely different level. So as women, I know we, we like to multitask and, you know, and doing juggling, you know, as many balls in the air as we possibly can. And as much as, you know, we pride ourselves on being that whole superwoman and, uh, and making that uh, a part of who we are, is it necessary sometimes? And I think with us putting all of those things on our plate all the time, stress becomes a routine for us. You know, it, it, it becomes a part of who we are so much so that sometimes I think we tend to uh, manage it a little bit more regularly because it becomes a part of who we are on the daily, what we feel. Um, and then those feelings turn into anxiety that turns into panic attacks that turns into, you know, all the things that start to, you know, really take over. And the next thing you know, we either respond in a couple different ways. We start to shut down or, you know, you know, we just completely just implode from the inside out, you know, on how we do, do with that. So I think recognizing those things when it happens, um, I, I, I'm definitely one that was guilty of that because uh, I, I would go and go and go until I completely burnt out. I used to get a lot of, <laughs> a lot of feedback, you know, from my sister all the time, you know, she would have to hit me up sometimes and be like, listen, <laughs> you, you just, <laughs> you're doing too much. You're doing too much and all, you know, like as much, you know, and I, you know, I think in my mind, for whatever reason, being, you know, keeping myself busy, doing a lot of things, wearing a lot of hats was mm -hmm. how, was a lot of how I defined myself. You know what I mean? So if I was still too long, even that started to stress me out, right? <laughs> because it was just kind of like, okay, I need to be doing something like I'm not accomplishing nothing. And I'm a major, major overachiever when it comes to a lot of things. And just that perspective alone has put a lot of unnecessary stress on me of having to always be on and accomplish. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I think those are some things that we have to be mindful of when we see stress showing up in us. Yeah. Um, I is like handling it. What are like, right. how do you handle that though? Like, you know, what, what are some of the ways that you feel like that you handle stress when you see it coming on? Well, for me, like I first could identify, cause you know, I'm pretty chill. I'm not, you know, people think that I'm like the, the happiest person in the world. I think that I'm pretty normal. Like I deal with things like everyone else. Um, however, like, you know, lack of sleep, loss of appetite. Um, huh? I said, you are real chill. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm pretty chill. And, and, you know, even when I am stressed, a lot of people don't recognize it. Just like you said, with us wearing multiple hats, however, you know, like I said, lack of sleep, loss of appetite, because I like to eat. And <laughs> if I don't really have an appetite, that's like, you know, an indicator to me, like, okay, I'm stressed. Um, and even though like, I'm, I'm a night owl, there's a difference between like me staying up late and enjoying it versus me staying up late and not being able to sleep, because my mind is constantly going um, fatigue and irritability. Typically, like I said, I'm pretty chill. So if I'm irritable, I know, okay, like, I have to like sit back and assess some things because I, I'm, 
there's stress somewhere and what's triggering that. So, you know, some ways that I, I overcome that or like work through that is um, pausing, stop, stopping and taking a pause. Now I will say that, you know, I confess in the past, I have, you know, taken on some toxic ways to deal with my stress. Um, well, the stress that I was experiencing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and some of those toxic things. And I'm, you know, let me know if you, you've ever experienced it, what witnessed it, or, you know, have done it yourself, but you know, like, excessive use of alcohol um yeah isolation to an extent you know and I know that you know there's a lot of experiences too with like you know okay you know overeating undereating um those are things I've experienced too now I know that you know like uh, promiscuity is a way that a lot of people deal with stress as well just you know so there's there's so many things that are um and I'm not talking about a, a healthy sexual appetite I'm no one to judge that but if you know that you know you're just kind of out here just to release some stress or just to kind of like put out this fire or, you know, satiate this hunger that really is insatiable because you have to sit and deal with yourself. Um, th- those are the kind of toxic things I'm talking about. Um, not, you know, leisurely drinking. I'm talking about things that are done in excess. And, you know, for me, definitely drinking was a huge one. Drinking yeah. was a very big one for me at one point. Yeah. I, I, I have to, um, definitely agree with you on that because that's something that I, I, I had to identify with and something that I'm definitely not, you know, proud of um, because that was a way for me to cope and uh, deal with uh, a lot of stressful situations, you know, um, whether it be from, you know, like family stress or just stress from, you know, like my career, you know, I, I moved around a lot you know, um, and lived in quite a few different cities, you know, you know, traveling and, you know, trying to, you know, again, mm-hmm. climb, move and, you know, get up, you know, get to where I wanted, you know, where I wanted to be in my career. So that vulnerability of being flexible to whatever was needed to get to where I wanted to be, um, I had, I had to pay for that in the end, you know, and I, and, and there were, it was different things that I didn't know. I didn't know how to necessarily handle it. So the drinking, um, I could definitely, you know, uh, I definitely feel you on that one. And it was something that, um, finally got to a point for me that it was kind of like, okay, <laughs> there were some things that came up. I hit a few roadblocks and, you know, in my life behind you know, uh, dealing with stress the way that I did. And um, it, it initially just kind of just sat me down, right? You know, so the, um, like you said, the overeating, the undereating, you know, depending on who, you know, depending on the person, you know, I know I have, you know, friends that are emotional eaters, you know, so they eat to comfort or, you know, do things, you know, for me, um, it, it's kind of like the opposite. So I would, I would eat, but I would drink, you know, right. thinking that it was going to uh, take away or numb whatever. And, and it interestingly, didn't. when it comes to food too, I I forget the source, but I, it never left me. And it may not be 100% accurate, but, you know, I don't know when I thought about it, I was like, hmm, this is interesting. So I read um, somewhere that, you know, when you eat crunchy things, it has to do with anxiety. It's the, like the grinding of the teeth, the two, it has to do with mm-hmm. you feeling super anxious. When you eat spicy things, it has to do with you being angry. When you eat um, sweet things, really? it's, it's lack of joy. So that's why you want something sweet. And when you eat sour things, it's because, you know, 
you're, you're sour, <laughs> like, you know, you're bitter about something. So it's, it was so funny. I forget the source. And then, um, considering too, again, like the whole emotional part of it, like you said, the under eating, the overeating, you know, that's, that's, those are things are real. Um, and I think that, and you can let me know if you've experienced this too, but I think that that's a taught behavior. So like, I know when I was younger, you know, and this isn't to say that people in my life, you know, had a problem, but, but for me, like, coffee and, and liquor, for example, are a reward. I drink coffee in the morning because I get up and I go to work. I drink liquor at night because I worked. Like, you know, like to me, those were adult rewards. And it's because what I, it's what I saw, you know, it's part of my, the people in my life it was part of their routine. In the morning, before you drop me off to school, you get coffee. When you come home at night, you have yourself a little cocktail and make sure I did my homework. So it was like, a taught thing and then when you see someone upset they're smoking cigarettes or you know and I remember when I was younger you know after being reprimanded and depending on how severe it was I was given something to eat and so eating is come you know sometimes it's comforting but as an, it it kind of morphed or changed into like body dysmorphia because you know there was a lot of emphasis on you know being overweight or being fat and we want to avoid that so then it becomes like I'm a binge eat and then I'm not going to eat for a few days now because I don't want to, you know, I, I ate so much, you know, it's, it's such a, and this is me just being so vulnerable. I, don't know. I didn't even anticipate sharing so much, but yeah. So, you know, that's, that's definitely, I, I can relate to those experiences. I think that they're taught behaviors, even though it's not someone saying here, when you're upset, you know, smoke this or drink this, it's more so what you observe at least from my experience, what I've observed and, you know, what I experienced firsthand, um, like I said, and that's, those are behaviors that um, I'm conscious of and learning to remain conscious of not right. participating in even today. Right. So, right. I think it's the, it's the moderation thing, you know, because I, I mean, I definitely won't lie and say I, I've completely stopped drinking because I, you know, because I haven't. However, my relationship with, um, uh, with alcohol now is completely different than it was you know um the irony of me going from just like full-on just non-stop you know until it was nothing you know nothing left for you to feel or just for you to just rest right and to being uh in a situation where it's kind of like now like mm, I, I, I like how you kind of put it into perspective because it's, it's really kind of like how you see things, right? Um, for me, it was, like you said, it was a stress. Okay, got to drink because the drinking is going to make it go away. No, it didn't. You know, it was still there when you wake up, when you go through it. But then coming back to it now, like I drink socially, you know, a glass of wine here or there versus, you know, feeling like, okay, like, okay, I'm just going to just drown my sorrows in this whole bottle of wine. Like, no, you know? So I, I think that does uh, totally make a difference. And, you know, I learn behaviors, you know, like we celebrate, you know, we celebrate everything with a glass of wine, you know, some champagne, you know, cocktails when we do things, you know, exceptionally well um, in my family or just to, you know, be around or enjoy each other it's always you know the drinks are flowing you know the laughter's happening you know it's a feel-good moment yeah. so I think your your relationship with those vices um definitely comes into play in something that we do have to be aware of you know like how is this thing 
you know, taking us over, you know, and we know, like we said, that the stress isn't going away, right? You know, and I think for me too, once I kind of got past that, you know, and being aware, like I started, I've even had those episodes where I've kind of wound up in the emergency room sometimes because like one time, and I didn't know what it was, Fox, like I couldn't, I didn't know what was going on, but I just, all I knew is I couldn't think straight. I couldn't breathe, like I just, tightness in my chest and then all for me to find out I was having a panic attack you know I had like some really major life-changing events going on in my life at the time um some you know some things and changes changes happening to me personally Mm. and it started to overwhelm me and I didn't know what it was you know until the doctor was like okay you were having a panic attack (laughs) and I'm like panic attack what the hell is that what you mean a panic attack what am I you know, because you didn't, I wasn't able to identify that because I had never had experienced that before. But then when I started to realize what it was and, you know, at what times it was happening and what was going on in my life, you know, it, it made it more prevalent. So like dealing with those panic attacks, it became like, okay, I have to manage this, you know? So I think one of the ways that once I identified what that was, it was like, okay, now how do I get through this? Because I wasn't, I refused to take any type of like pills, medication, all of that. I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, no, it can't be that bad. Right. You know, and I mean, and I think too, it, it plays a huge part for us. I think too, as you know, as women, as black women, you know, the one that. thing yep. you want, like, we know how taboo uh, mental health is in our culture, you know, like, we don't like to address it. We don't like to acknowledge it, you know, any of those things, because all of those things in our eyes, being the people that we are, make us look weak. So we think, right? And, you know, but there's no, there's nothing wrong with being weak. And I, I like that you brought that up because I was, while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, a lot of times, like I remember growing up and hearing someone saying like, oh, these women these days don't know how to deal with stress. Their ancestors dealt with more, you know, they, she, saw she had an emotional breakdown or a panic attack. And I remember feeling like, okay, I don't have a, I don't have space to feel vulnerable to deal with my emotions and I have to keep it trucking and be strong, but that strength actually led to my destruction. And I felt like, you know, I don't have a safe space because it's expected of me to endure and to hurt and to not talk about it because what goes on in this house stays in this house and you don't have the space to complain. You don't have the right to complain. And so, you know, being in a space where you went through something, like you said, you were going through a lot of changes in your life and in our community, we already don't have that space held for us. For the tools, right? Right, for the tools. You just pointed out how they talk about like what goes on in this house stays in this house, you know, like, you're like, okay, so what do I do? do? I do? I feel like this, right? And so the fact that you had to the only way you were able to even get access to the terminology, the tools, or even, you know, just the awareness of what was going on with you was when you wound up in the ER. And I think that, you know, we need to talk about mental wellness more because we don't want to wait until then. We don't want to wait until we wind up in the ER until the stress has overtaken us so much that it has really completely knocked us down. So if you, you know, because you know, my, my experience with stress is pretty extensive. Um, but if you, 
could just share because you know we've we've both gone through some things where stress has really affected us and I kind of wanted you to touch on some of the ways it's affected you and you know also in the beauty aspect too you know affecting because I I have a lot to share about the beauty part too (laughs) and how stress negatively affected me um I I you know like as okay you know, one of the things that I always rings in my head, you know, especially from, you know, um, the elders of my family, you know, they always used to tell us as children to keep on living, right? You know, and you could take that many ways, you know, in terms of how, you know, how you see things or how things affect you or um, the things you experience. So I, I think for me, you know, as I, you know, kept on living and experiencing different levels of stress, right? You know, because, we do, you know, as I, I, I think when we talk about, you know, when you said something about uh, we don't have the right to, you know, to feel stress or be overwhelmed with kids, right? We're not supposed to, you know, we're, but the reality is that it doesn't take, it doesn't negate the fact that as children, we still feel things because I think children are probably like the biggest impasse of, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, outside of, you know, the, um, our, you know, our elders and, you know, I think the things that they feel are a little bit more, you know, to me, and I'll, for lack of a better word, I'll say true because they don't have anything to go off of. It's just raw, authentic feelings, the things that they feel that they instinctually know without being taught to, you know, it, uh, things a certain way. So I think for me, I, I, I think, stress started to show up for me in other ways as well too because I would internalize it and take on so much I started to have you know digestion uh digestive issues so um I I mean you could get to the point where it would like I could feel the acid churning in my stomach sometimes because I would be so stressed out or internalizing things so it showed up you know so like the bloating uh and you know that I would get in my stomach I um also skin wise too I think like you said something uh us being beauty experts how those things show up on you know for us um skin wise the breakouts um anxiety and stress it can it can affect flare-ups with things like rosacea um psoriasis uh eczema you know, those are all skin, you know, skin conditions, the things that can happen, you know, to us externally. Um, I also noticed too, like, I have been fortunate enough to not have too many issues with my skin, but I noticed when I did, it was either tied to hormones, hormonal imbalance, or stress. The, the breakouts that I started to experience because it was just, I was just overwhelmed. Um, and I even, and it even went so far one time that I started losing hair, <laughs> you know, like my style, I remember going to one of my stylist appointments and, you know, at the time I had a, um, a male stylist and he was telling me, he said, listen, I don't know what's happening or what's going on in your life. He said, but you're going to need to, you know, either chill out, get some help, breathe something. He said, cause now you got all of these stress spots in your hair. And I'm like, what are stress spots? Mm-hmm. Like straight baldness. Like it was just patches of hair where it was just falling out unbeknownst to me, but I just knew my hair was thinning, but stress was starting to affect me in those ways as well too. So, and I, that's what was my most recent experience was that hair loss can really come from stress. And I, it, my hair was coming out so much. Um, 
that I thought I had alopecia. I was like, okay, maybe something is happening because I'm already, you know, dealing with something autoimmune. So maybe this is something that's showing up too. That's how much my hair was coming out. And I just recently started seeing a stylist maybe three months ago. And she was like, no love, this is stress. These are stress spots where your hair is falling out. So now, you know, being extremely mindful because also, like I said, there's good stress. So there's there's balance in life. There's so many blessings that are happening in my life right now. And then there's so many things that are also like triggering. And I have to be mindful of to be like, okay, don't stress about this. What is your instinct instead of drinking or holding it in? Because sometimes too, when I'm stressed, I do shallow breathing. I don't even breathe deeply. And I um, read a book, um, Tapping the Power Within by Yana Van Zen talks about breathing and how that is your direct connection to God. And so breathing deep is significant. Um, So those are some things, but when you talked about hair, because this is recent, you know, um, you know, having, you know, creating content, I don't have to do anything, but enjoying my career. um, However, still the deadlines and everything, those things can create stress. But I think the most significant, my experiences have been with stress was uh, breast cancer and MS. Because in both instances, um, especially with breast cancer, I thought it was um, interesting. I was telling my oncologist whom I just met at the time what was going on in my life because they were like, how is this an onset and it's so aggressive and you know, you're know you so young? Um, and she said, you know, I've only seen stress, um, seen breast cancer in women who have lost a parent, lost a child or lost a spouse. And she said, so this is definitely stress. That's, you know, I feel like this is stress coming up in your body. And um, and that's- Question for you though, can I ask yeah. a question box around that? Just because you made me think of something when you talked about like how she said that you can only see that. So can I ask what your support system was like at that time for you when you were going through those things? I didn't have a lot of support. <laughs> okay. Okay. So at that you know, time, I was- not, and not even to you know, because I'm thinking no. about this, like what is that like when you don't have anybody to give that to or to share that with, like. Well, I'll say at that time, especially when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, there was a lot of breakdown in my very intimate, like nuclear family relationships. And some of it had to do with me and some of it had to do with them. And I think that communication definitely could have remedied that. Um, But at the time I wasn't, I didn't have support from anyone. And um, like I said, it's, it's no, there's no blame. It's just assessing the situation. Like communication could have remedied this for everyone. Um, And I was very angry and I work with an herbalist who talks and he's a, you know, he's a doctor. He's also practiced tweena, et cetera, but he talks about, you know, how stress affects you internally. And it's your, your liver has to do with your emotions and the anger, you know, how it heats up and also heating up in the breasts and how that can induce. So, you know, a lot of times, like the book that I wrote, it talks about like, I'm not writing this book to remedy your dis-ease and I hyphenate dis-ease. It more so has to do with what's going on with you inside. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What aren't you forgiving? Because, Mm. you know, now I'm in a better place, even from 2018 being diagnosed with MS, which it took a year to kind of go through that because, you know, they have to monitor it to make sure that this is what it is. But it was like, okay, I was super stressed at that. And I was unhappy in my life. And I just was going along like everything was well. And again, it was that it was the the significance of it was it was the same time, the same time of year, the the very exact thing. And I'm like, okay, God, what's the lesson this time? Because before I thought I was being punished. Now I know there must be a lesson in this because there's there's no coincidence. Um, So stress for me, I have to be very mindful of how I deal with stress, not internalizing things and, you know, setting boundaries because it can physically, you know, be destructive for me. And that's not including, again, vices that I was like, okay, 
this is a problem for me. I have to let it go. And now I do have support where I can call someone aside from you know, making it habit to pray in the instant. Like yesterday I was upset about something and instead of being mean, because that's not my, my nature, my nature is to internalize, but I don't want to do that either. And instead of doing that, I just started praying in my head, but I just started praying, you know? So it creating new habits is, is, you know, how I, how I cope with that. And again, I have a support system now that's like, okay, no drinking, <laughs> not even casually for you, right. because you're, you're going to use that as a, as a crutch, you're going to use that as a coping mechanism. And I don't, yep. we don't want that for you. Um, because these vices also negatively affect my medical, you know, things I have going on medically, my medical history is breast cancer and MS, you know, alcohol can increase the, you know, the possibilities of it returning, which I'm not declaring. I'm just saying, giving the facts, they talk about sugar and caffeine and alcohol and these, all these studies, um, around it. So it's just like, I have to be mindful also like caffeine and, and alcohol can, um, induce a flare up. And I mean, it's significant because, you know, I'm drinking coffee now, but I choose my vices, <laughs> You right, know, right. coffee to me is kind of non-negotiable. <laughs> you know, we laugh about that now because you and I, we both, we have our, this, this thing with, we have this love affair with our caffeine in terms of how we, you know, embrace it. But at the, the same time, one of the things that I did notice, and I know I shared this with you at the time I was fasting during Lenten season, you know, and I had taken, removed some things out of my diet and my daily coffee. Uh, was one of them but I noticed that after that you know after that time period was over you know like going back to some of those things you know which really was my coffee and I'm kind of happy to say that I was able to kind of continue to eliminate some of those things that I had taken out of my diet because it is about you know the awareness and knowing what's going on with your body uh, when it comes to uh, being able to handle uh, certain things. So stress again, you know, I think internalizing it and how it showed up in your body. And I, 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 that's so, that's so interesting that you would say that when, it, you know, in terms of disease or dealing with your, you know, your MS, that your emotional, how it played a huge part in, you know, how your body responded to it and you having flare-ups you know, things to that. So I have to think about that because I've had um, uh, a few family members who have suffered, uh, suffered from or dealt with, you know, MS and how that affected them physically. So I wonder if it is something to be said about, you know, the things that we internalize or, you know, our own emotions. What I'll share is this, I have reduced, I've eliminated some things, people, places from my life and my health has significantly improved. And so too, when it comes to like, how do I identify stress now, especially because my body is so sensitive, it's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm starting to have a flare up, which can last anywhere from one day, one to 14 days, um, I know if I'm, if I'm starting to feel extra fatigued, if my body's hurting in ways that I can't even describe, okay, I'm sorry. What, what do I need to evaluate? So yeah, it's definitely emotionally tied. Unfortunately, sometimes we have experiences and even though we're survivors, we still have scars, right? And so those scars remind me of, you know, sometimes they, they still affect you in other ways. So it's not that I, you know, am not practicing ways to deal with my stress better, but still that damage is there, you know, and, and 
it's not going anywhere. So I have to be extremely mindful. So now some of the ways that I practice reducing or preventing stress is, you know, again, setting boundaries, being honest with myself about how I feel about things. Noah's Bay, Tony Jones, you know, you introduced me to that and I love it. Noah's Bay, you know, I can't, if I can't, I can't. And, you know, I'm not responsible for how people respond to my no. Mm. You know, I, that's not my responsibility. I can just be the kind person that I am and, and communicate things nicely, but still no is no. And I don't have to be belligerent or arrogant. It just is no. Um, so yeah, for me, mainly prayer is non-negotiable. Um, I'm still working on meditation because sometimes my mind is always going. Um, so it's, you know, it's a process. And even sometimes when your mind is going, that's still a form of meditation. If you just take some time to be still and allow those thoughts to situate themselves um and again boundaries and and saying no those those are ways that I practice like maintaining or preventing stress do you have like some tips on how to I mean tips or I mean or your practices like what do you just the way that I like I said you know because I I suffer from panic attacks a lot um just due to just overwhelming myself with taking on too many things I've learned to um I've learned to knock it off, (laughs) you know, like I still have my moments where I take on more than I, um, more than I need to in -hmm. terms of, like I said, I, you know, I have been an overachiever since I was a little kid and I don't know, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know how I got into that mindset, you know, but just always having to be, you know, ahead or at the top of my game it just was I don't know if it was something that I just did for myself but now it's just being okay with being okay sometimes Mm. you know what I mean so for me I had to you know really think about what that was for me and it sometimes it was just like okay it's okay that you're not achieving on this level today you know it might it you know it might not be today you might have to wait till next week or next month Kadada just chill out. Like I'm not a patient person. I have, you know, I'm have to be honest, you know, I'm definitely one of those, like, if I'm putting in this work now, I want to see the benefits of that now. (laughs) Right. You know, so, but I, I am learning to kind of open my hands, so to speak, and let go of a lot of things. Cause, um, I think that pausing and slowing down like I had I definitely had that moment this weekend just kind of going 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 and then this I just had to take a moment to myself I had to lay down and I had to force myself to step away nope I don't have this to do today nope I can't do it today or nope I'm not going to sit on and try to work on another thing or another project like that's not serving me today because I can't even think straight because I'm just trying to do two much in the moment. So I, I had to rest. I shut down completely and I slept. Sleeping is, it, it's, it's a, uh, it's a luxury for me, unfortunately, because I don't sleep. I don't, uh, my sleep patterns are horrible. <laughs> so that, that insomnia of constantly, like you said, my mind won't shut off and losing sleep is, um, one of those things. So I have to, for even if I don't sleep box, I at least afford myself the time to lay still. Mm, Because even, because if I don't honor that, it like you, it'll show up in other ways for me. And I I can't afford that. 
at this stage in the game uh, for me to just be, you know, breaking down in other areas when I could have just avoided it by just listening to what's happening to my body and be the hell still, right? right. Um, getting up earlier in the morning because uh, I used to be a night owl as well. Like I'm talking about three, four in the morning, I'm wide awake, just thinking and working. But now, girl, like the bedtime has completely changed. Um, getting up earlier in the morning when it's quiet, when mm -hmm. it's still, mm -hmm. to, to meditate, to pray. Um, I didn't think I could do it because my mind would be racing so much, but now I have to. Even if I just don't even know the words or to say to pray, I will still sit there and just, okay, God, what do you need me to know today? What do you need me to execute today? What is it you're trying to show me today, you know, and just have to sit there, you know, and, and like you said, it's not always easy, you know, to be still and hear. But if I don't, the whole tone of my day, my week is just thrown off and breathing. Yes. Breathing is so important. Breathing, breathing is extremely important. Um, so I, you know, cause we are, we're going to have a part two and I'm gonna let you share a little bit more about our part two, but I wanted to, um, share some beauty secrets for today. There's actually a couple yeah. of, um, there's a beauty practice and two beauty products. I want our listeners, our woman of Exodus to pick up. So one beauty practice is called morning pages. Um, morning pages is when you just, when you wake up, it could be before your prayers or after your prayers, but you write on four pages, front and back, just whatever, just start writing and allow your mind to dump everything from the night, things you didn't even know that you were thinking or holding on to. Um, so that's one beauty practice. And the two beauty products I want, or I'm encouraging that our listeners pick up are, um, Mastery of Self and The Four Agreements by Adama Gil Ruiz. So these books really assisted me with creating boundaries, with um, better communication um, and how to navigate so that I can, again, reduce stress, um, not take things, you know, not internalize things. I don't want to give away the points of the book, but I do highly recommend it. So those are the beauty products <laughs> because again, you know, beauty is wellness and it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm thankful that we're talking about this and we're holding space for each other and, you know, space for our listeners too, to understand that, you know, even though we're in this, this space, this industry and we're ever growing, we're, we're all the same and we don't have to suffer in silence. Um, you know, we are in this together. So um, I will let you share with us more yeah. about. Um, I would, I, and I, ha I have a little, a uh, little call to action for our, uh, our followers as well too. So, um, like Fox said, you don't have to go through whatever you're going through alone. Um, we, we mentioned in the beginning of this endeavor for the two of us. This was initially a safe space we created for each other to just voice and talk about some of the things that we don't typically talk about with, you know, uh, with others. But I think this is also the platform to where we want you guys to come and be, uh, know that you can be vulnerable and you won't be judged for that, you know, uh, being able to talk out some things however you need to. So we definitely encourage you to ask questions, engage with us, you know, uh, in the comments, uh, whether it be here on our YouTube channel or whether it be uh, 
on our Instagram page, you know, you can DM us, you know, we definitely try to make sure that we respond uh, to all of our, you know, to all of our followers when we have people, you know, uh, drop a little comments or questions in the chat. So we definitely want to hear from you. We are here from you, uh, here for you to uh, discuss and also to music. Uh, forgot to add this to our list as well too, because music is definitely um, a stress reliever for both of us. So what we've done is we've created our own Beauty from Ashes playlist on Spotify. So if you are a subscriber to Spotify, please uh, check out the playlist. So, and if there's songs that you would like for us to add to the playlist, we would love to hear what some of your favorite songs are to help you decompress or some of your favorite songs that are stress relievers for you because we would be honored to add those to our playlist uh, to share with the rest of our listeners. So go check that out because I believe music is definitely stress therapy. So, um, and last but not least, I know Fox had mentioned this, that we are doing a two-part for Mental Health Awareness Month because we think this, this is very key to our own health and well-being um, as women, uh, especially as women of color and the things that we have been uh, taking on for so long and especially most recently, we are going to do something very special uh, for our second episode and part two of Mental Health Awareness. We are going live. I was so, waiting for you to announce it. <laughs> I know she's like about to burst at the seams. So we are going to do, <laughs> we're going to go to our next episode. We are going to go live with uh, Mental Health Awareness Month because we really want to engage with our, uh, with our followers and talk about something that, um, we know it has been, uh, you know, a, a thing of where people don't like to discuss it. And we, we're going to talk about, we're going to go live and talk about mental illness in our community, which is something that has uh, affected all of us in some way, shape or form. I, I think that's something that even coming through this pandemic, none of us were able to escape. And the one thing that we all have had in common is to deal with ourselves and our minds during this time. So uh, we will be going live and giving, sharing more information around that. So stay tuned for that. And we hopefully will be having a few special guests join us for that. So don't want to speak too soon, but I will, uh, we'll keep you posted on that. So. Yes. So. yes. Thank you for oh your time. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Us. We really, you know, we're thankful that you hold space for us and we want to hold space for you continually. Um, and again, you know, this is a safe space. And just to kind of reiterate what safe space means, this means that if someone you know comments and says something or shares something and you happen to know them, you do not share that information. You leave it where it is. If, you know, someone comments something on our YouTube comments or on Instagram or anywhere and you recognize them, please do not share their information or their circumstance with someone that you all may know mutually or directly. Um, that's what we mean by safe space. I just kind of wanted to reiterate that um, because we're, you know, we're safe spaces for each other. Um, you know, we are our sister's keeper. And so we just want to um, create a space that as, you know, for women who are aspiring um, in their careers or even, you know, establishing their careers, but still managing the everyday of life, you know, that's really the basis of our, of, of this space. 
um, to be there for each other um, as we aspire, as we grow, as we create our legacies. So with that being said, um, we will see you all soon. Again, as Kid said, we will drop the details about our next live <laughs> episode. I'm so excited. Our next live episode. So until next time, I'm your girl, Fox. And I'm your girl, Kid. And we will talk to y'all soon. Peace.